everybody, welcome back to Extra Live Podcast, the most controversial podcast in gaming. My name is Hattie, and I'm joined by my co-host Christian. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yo, what's up? Oh my goodness, we're back. It's been a while, huh? Dude, it's crazy. That is crazy, that... So, there is a reason for our absence, and it slightly has to do with terrible scheduling, and there's also a tragedy that happened. So, I'll start kind of with the tragedy. Actually, Christian, why don't you take it away? Because you're more of the editing guy, and I'll, I'll let you explain what happened. <laughs> I was so, I'm, I'm still super salty about it, but... Yeah, so, where we last left off... In our podcast journey, we recorded an absolute banger of an episode. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was recording it or not recording it. Sorry. I was editing everything. And, you know, I got the dreaded corrupted audio file stuff. And I try to go back to the raw file, see if I can find it again with just no avail. And yeah, that that, that episode will be lost forever. And it hurts because it was so good. Like it was probably going to be one of our best ones to date. And uh, it just it just hurt seeing that like corrupt file come up, and I couldn't save anything. Uh, it sucked. It sucked bad. It, it was it was kind of a it was a it was a blow to say the least. And also, kind of our schedules kind of got all you know it, we, our schedules kind of got filled up, so it was harder to film the pod and everything. I think we were kind of like on a low, but I think now is a good time to come back. We're ready to do it again. This time, no corrupted audio files um, and better content all around. We got some new things to share with you, some good news, and of course, the meat of the episode, which you have to wait for till the very end, but I promise you it's worth it. Let us take it away with our new segment. Uh-oh, it is what we have been doing for in gaming for the week. Christian, I'll let you go first on this one. Ooh, okay. Yeah, kind of, kind of excited to start this. All right. All right, so pretty much my life has consisted of Overwatch 2, a lot of crying, and then more Overwatch 2. <laughs> that is what I've been doing lately. <laughs> Eat, sleep, game, repeat. Just have that on. Just wearing that shirt now. Exactly. Except you, you got to add crying in there too, because there's there's been a lot of tear shed so far, and then they're not they're not like joyful tears either. They're they're down bad tears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Overwatch. Um, it's fun. I don't know. I haven't touched really Overwatch because I don't know. I'm I'm not even. I wasn't even big on Overwatch one. I don't know if I'll get into over. I doubt I'll get into Overwatch too. It's it's a very niche thing. If you love hero shooters, you're gonna love Overwatch. If you're not a fan of the hero shooter stuff, don't even bother playing it. Then that's fair. That's very fair. Um, you know, I uh, I, was, I forgot what I was gonna say. I you know I kind of try to stay away from hero shooters. Um. Mostly because it's not really my thing. But, yeah, it seems like a lot of people were super happy with the game. But, like, kind of towards the 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 middle parts. 
we'll get into that more later with our news section. Uh, but yeah, um, for me, I've been playing a lot of new games that's been coming out. What what I'm starting with with is the Outbound Ghost, which is an indie game that is similar to the Thousand Year Door Paper Mario game, which is it's so much fucking fun since I grew up on that game. That uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is one of my favorite games of all time. So that, if you've not heard about the Outbound Ghost, go out and get it. Indie Creator deserves it. It's super fun. It plays pretty similar to that one. It's a little different. I mean, there's a little bit different mechanics, but it's. You know, there's lovable characters, a good story there, so that's fun. Also, been uh, streaming more, which is great. You know, Mr. Yes. Streamer Man over here. I've been streaming now. Now that I got my new PC, well, new is <laughs> a stretch. <laughs> but since last time we recorded this, I was not streaming. I was on a hiatus, and now I have a computer, and that's really cool. So yeah, that's what really I've been up to. You know. Not much in terms of gaming. Also, today, I plan on playing the new Ghostbusters game, because that game looks sick. Comes out okay. today. And, yeah. Uh, let's go into our next section. Why don't we? With news, it's the news. First yes. thing on the news, Mario trailer. It looks great. <laughs> it does. It looks it, absolutely fantastic. Like CGI is <laughs> great. Everything looks good about it. What 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 can what can we complain about with this thing, right? There I, there only seems to be one thing I can complain about, which is the fact that Charles Martinet is not the voice of Mario. Chris Pratt Mario sounds awful, like we all expected him to. I mean, I do not know what anyone else was expecting. Of course, it sounds awful. It's fucking Chris Pratt. It sounds so bad. It's it so bad. Sounds, sounds really, really bad, dude. I I was actually like like when it opened I thought this movie was gonna be a disaster. I thought this movie was gonna be a disaster all the way through. Jack Black sounds fucking amazing. It sounds so good. I don't know how Chris Pratt says that he spent like four months four months on it on his Mario voice to sound like that. That's he, not good. He he probably spent like four months playing a couple Mario games and just listening to him do, do, like do the jump voice whenever Mario makes a jump or something. And he's like, oh, I can replicate this. And then we get the, the disgustingness that's in that trailer. Did you see the, the interview before they showed the trailer? I don't you probably didn't have the because you were at work. At the time, I was listening to it. He was like explaining his experiences with Mario, but all incorrectly. He was like saying, "Yeah, I really like the the old school uh, Mario uh, arcade game, which is if you don't know the one with like the three pipes and you gotta bounce from under the you know you know you know the game. It's like the the six yeah. pipes, I should say." Um, and he said, "I really like jumping on the Koopas in that game, which is which is funny because that's the only Mario game you don't jump on Koopas in, which is absurd." <laughs> he would say yes. that. It's just it does not look good. I, I I am excited for it though. Like don't don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm probably gonna go see it. Me too. I'm just not happy with that that freaking oh god. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe they chose. The thing is, Charles Marnay was in the movie. 
I don't know why they didn't just get him or someone else, a professional voice actor. I think everyone else is fine. I think Jack Black actually is pretty good at voice acting. He's not he's not the worst, certainly not the worst. I think Chris Pratt's the worst I've ever heard. It doesn't sound like yeah. Mario, it sounds like fucking Chris Pratt. <laughs> Does. I'm, I'm so sorry, bad. but I'm, I'm really disappointed with, with that. There's, there's just like, there, uh, there's not much you could say about it other than it sucks. Like, it, it just flat out, it sucks. It does. It does. And I'm actually really sad about it. And Nintendo, you should do better. Yes, do, do better. <laughs> do much better, please. Fire the guy. Wait, hold on. There is one more thing. That mm-hmm. I want to say about the trailer. Mm-hmm. Listen, all all of us gamers united and got them to change Sonic, right? Yeah. We need oh, to bring Mario's dumpy. Oh, I dumpy. see what you're saying. All right, Mario needs that dumpy back. I do not appreciate that flat behind that they gave our boy. All right. Actually, I agree with you. You know what? He had a dumpy beforehand, and they need to give him his dumpy back. After this episode release, I want to see hashtag bring back the dumpy trending on Twitter. I want yes. every you to spam it. <laughs> Let's get it trending. I want I want the designers to change that by midnight. I want I want to change and I want to change now. This is not okay. But yeah, that's all I really got to say about the movie. The movie, besides the Chris Pratt, really actually doesn't seem that bad. I think Toad as Michael Keegan Key uh, is uh, really good as Toad. Who played comic? I don't even remember who was comic. He was pretty good as well. Uh, You know, animation was superb. uh, But, you know, they have illumination budgets. So I didn't, I wasn't really expecting that to be that bad. But yeah. We'll see how the actual movie is, and you'll bet, you bet your ass that we're going to be reviewing that movie to the harshest of critique. Oh, yeah. We will. On to our next bit of news. CD Projekt Red saves Cyberpunk 2077. I don't don't understand how, but it's amazing. It's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah, but let's... Yeah, let's let's be real. There's there's a real reason why it got saved, and it's it's a good one though. But yeah, the cyberpunk anime, cyberpunk road uh, edge runners, edge runners. I should yep. say road runners. <laughs> 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 cyberpunk edge runners. Uh, everyone's been. T- I haven't seen it yet. Uh, everyone's been talking about it. They say it's really good, and that they wanted to give cyberpunk a chance afterwards. And it seems like they fixed a lot of their issues that they were struggling with at lunch. Um. What I don't understand about this whole thing is kind of that people are saying that, oh, I never really experienced any issues. Screw you. You obviously did because everyone was complaining about this game. They all of a sudden like were like are now on like, oh, Cyberpunk's my favorite game of all time. I never talked bad about Cyberpunk 20. Like, you're not hurting their feelings. Critique is good. Critique's the reason why gaming can evolve as a meta. If there was no critique on any games, God, gaming would be so boring and bland. But since we are critiquing games, it is it gives the opportunities for developers to fix and you know where they where they need to fix their faults. So I really don't know why I'm seeing a lot of people saying on Twitter that oh I've never really seen you know 
I've never really had anything bad happen to the game, but that's you besides know, the point. One hundred percent, those people are lying, and like if you remember when the game launched, it was horribly buggy, and horribly. at the at the time, I, I believe this was like at the height of the pandemic when the game came out, or like right when it was it like was climaxing. Last year. Yeah, it was like last year, like early last year. So like at that time, not too many people had the next gen consoles, like the PS5 or the Xbox Series X yet. They that were still correct. playing on they were still playing on previous gens. Even and if those you had, did have the consoles, I'm pretty sure couldn't play I'm pretty sure the PlayStation one was yeah. unplayable, I think they said. Yeah, even even if you had the PS4 Pro or if you had the um the Xbox One X, which is like the pro model for Xbox, the game ran like shit. It was glitchy, buggy, stuttered, frame rate was like capped at 30 for most of the part. So 100% you were lying. Even computers running the 30 series um, graphics cards had problems with this game. It was buggy. If you're saying you didn't experience any of that, you're a liar. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, the anime, though, I watched one episode so far, and it's amazing. And I just haven't had like the time to just binge the rest of it. Because I know if I just start watching one episode a day or like a week or something, <laughs> it's going to kill me. It's honestly, it's such a good anime. It was the one episode I watched is amazing. And from what everyone else is saying, it's just, it's just beautiful. And like it's it's beautiful. It's great anime. Well, yeah, I heard great things. It's on my list. I have a lot to, you know, watch, you know. This is not an anime podcast, but I am also huge weeb. Uh, follow me on Twitter for terrible anime takes. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. You know, I mean, this obviously improved their their outlook on things. But here comes the problem, and I hate to be always uh, like always good, but and then bad. But here's the problem: now that they're doing the CD Projekt Red, got their ego back. And when they get their ego back, that means they're going to make stupid decisions. And when I'm talking about stupid decisions, I'm talking about their roadmap for the next, I think it's for the next three to four years. What they are planning to do in four years. And I want you to remember that the reason why Cyberpunk was really bad was because they were taking multiple projects at the same time. I'm going to list every single project that they're taking in a four-year span. They are creating three new Witcher games. Two more Cyberpunk games uh, on top of already fixing Cyberpunk 2077 and a new IP. What is Where would this lead to? But only disaster. They have done this time and time again where every single time that they, that they start promising more and more stuff, it typically leads to staff being overworked and, you know, the project getting no love to it and typically bad launches. So I, I really hope that they take a step back and look at their roadmap and promise a longer time. Listen, CD Projekt Red, I know you want to keep pumping out projects, but you do not have the staff force to overwork. Your, you don't have the staff force to continuously pump out all these projects. Take your time with them, you know, slow it down, you know, do, do something productive. Whereas where where you're working on one project rather than like ten. 
It's a really stupid decision to continuously take on so many projects at once and then continuously produce bad products at launch, even if you are fixing them at the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add to that. Uh, the only thing I do know is uh, sometime last year, we got a roadmap for Cyberpunk 2077, and it specifically said in 2022 we were supposed to get some DLC uh well buddies <laughs> you got about like two months till the end of 2022 that is true. I'm looking and, at the we, right now. and we still don't have a dlc for the game so um how, how are you gonna pump out all the all this new stuff if you, you can't even commit to your first roadmap actually you know it's it's actually like, it's supposed to be in 2021 <laughs> oh well according to my calculations if we do some quick maths here you're they're fucking late <laughs> they are late once again it's cd pressure Greg. take your time please take your time i am urging you to take your time because we don't i don't want to see a repeat of last time i think what cd project red has done with the witcher uh, ip is fantastic i love the witcher games i think they are great i th i think cyberpunk had a great concept at launch just implement them better I urge you to take a step back. Yeah, I feel like that would be the best thing for them as a company and probably to actually start supporting their community a little better. Yeah. Because they yeah. do put out... The games they make are good. And I, I feel like they can be better if they just spend some more time with it. Minus, minus The Witcher 3, because I think that game was a masterpiece. And I don't have anything bad to say about The Witcher 3. I agree. Uh, let's talk Overwatch. Activision Blizzard. We love Activision Blizzard, right? <sighs> <laughs> anyway, Overwatch Two launches with a pretty buggy launch. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everyone saw how buggy the launch is. Christian, I'll let you go into the specifics in, in a bit. But I just want to say that really, in in reality, most of the bugs are being fixed kind of quickly. There, it, it it's everyone seems to be basically enjoying the game um it, there it, there aren't super any complaints going on going on with overwatch specifically christian i'll let you take away with you know what you have to say about the game all right so <laughs> the game was supposed to launch october 4th and it did it did launch october 4th but what nobody knew was the horrific queue times that we were going to get stuck into. So to kind of like explain the first, I want to say two and a half days of the game, game comes out, launches uh, three o'clock for us, 12 o'clock over in uh, Pacific. So you get in, you merged your accounts. The first issue was uh, everybody having problems trying to connect their phone number because you had to have Oh, that's a, right. You had to have a proper phone number with your account to play Overwatch 2. Well, the issue with that is people who used uh, other services. So, like, um, if they use TrackPhone, um, there, there's another one. Uh, it, it, it used to be called Cricket Wireless. It's something else now. Like, all of those that are, like, the prepaid phones that you pay, like, 30 or 40 a month. So, you have a phone and everything was coming up as an unregisterable account or an unregisterable phone number. So you couldn't register your number, which means you couldn't play Overwatch 2. So that was the first issue. 
uh, since then, they have fixed that. You no longer need a phone number, so you can actually play the game now. The second issue was the queue times. I'm going to explain my story really quick. I logged on at 3 o'clock exactly. I got put into a queue that was about maybe like a, a couple a couple hundred people at first. I'm like, cool, cool. You know, I'm going to get in pretty quickly. It said zero, and then it jumped to 60K. 60,000 people in front of me to play this damn game. I'm like, you know what? Okay. You know, I took off of work for this, whatever. Well, you know how I said I started at three o'clock? All right. I played my first game of Overwatch 2 at 11 o'clock p.m. that day. That is how long I had to sit in freaking queues. And not to mention the amount of times I've disconnected from the queue as well. Because the servers were so bad. And then once you got into the game, it was a mess. You can maybe play one or two games, you'll be fine. And then guess what? You get booted from the server, and then you're all the way in the beginning of that fucking line again for the queue. It was bad. (laughs) Day one Overwatch was bad. Day two didn't get any better either. Like, it was just as bad day two. Uh, The only thing they fixed was uh, the stability when you got into the server. So... If you got in, you were in. Yeah, you you might get kicked, but it wasn't as frequent as it used to be. It wasn't until about, like, I want to say Friday, the week of that launch, where two times were under 100 people. It was maybe, like, 20 minutes you were waiting. And then once you were in, you were in and solid. Like, you had no more issues after that. Now, if you boot up over Overwatch, you're, you're immediately into the server. You're fine. But yeah. oh god, it was it was just so bad and like some of like the logistics of it too. Like there was two different server queues that you had to wait for. One was just to get into the battle.net servers, which was the first queue everyone was seeing. And then you had the second queue, which was to get into the game. That was supposed to all be behind the scenes, but somehow they messed up and showed you that you were on two separate queue lines. Uh, and then the heroes were buggy. The maps were glitching. Oh, man, it was so... They still don't... Two of the heroes you still can't even play in, in a competitive because of how buggy they are, which is Bastion and Torbjorn. Still can't play them in comp. So, uh, it, it was it was so bad. It was so bad. But it is a breath of fresh air. It's 5v5 now. Like, the game is amazing to play. Like, it, newfound love for Overwatch since this game came out. It's just really good. It's honestly, Blizzard finally did something good after the whole abysmal launch, and that—that's my two cents into the whole Overwatch launch debacle. So, yeah, I, I really can't comment. I haven't played the game. It sounds like people, a lot of people are enjoying like the new take on Overwatch, though. However, once again, back to doom and gloom. Activision Blizzard, also known as Bobby Suckdick, uh, they are doing scummy stuff again. It's they still suck. They they absolutely they illegally withheld raises from unionizing workers, as if they couldn't get worse. Disgusting. So, so the Raven Software QA, which is kind of like a small team that works on uh, Call of Duty, announced that they were forming a union. A lot of the, the the union vote passed, and and what was Activision's response to this? 
Well, they hired 1,100 uh, uh, quality assurance uh, contractors full-time and increased their minimum wage to 20 while keeping the union workers the lowest paid in the studio. Wow, really making your workers feel loved one step at a time, huh, Bob? Absolutely hey, disgusting. I, j I it, it needs to be 2023 so this guy can get the fuck out of here. Like... <laughs> How do you manage a company so poorly? I, I really, I mean, I'm no business owner. I don't know the woes of owning a business. I don't know what struggles he goes through, if at any, at all. But it, it sounds like his company is like, just it's just like a jungle in there. It doesn't seem like anything gets done. It's crazy that they produce, you know, games at all. Uh... It's crazy to me that this this keeps happening, and I sh I hope that they reverse the decision. From what I know, uh, the decision still is not reversed, and it, this kind of this this news story kind of like flew under the radar. So uh, I really hope that they you know people start speaking up about this, and hopefully they fix this because it kind of does suck. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty scummy. You, you can't deny that like it's absolute scum what they're doing right now and, and i mean it, it's sad if you look back at the history of blizzard it was like this prestigious company everybody wanted to be a part of it yeah. you know releasing absolute bangers of video games every once in a while and not to mention like expansion sets for everything and now uh yeah now this is what we have for blizzard not gonna really go into the activision part of it because that's like who gives a shit about Activision? Like, I'm just mainly talking about Blizzard. But yeah, it's it's just sad. Like, it's just sad to see what that company has come to. And like, I, I hate the company, but like, the, the games, like, I, I, I'm not going to stop playing the game because Blizzard sucks, unfortunately. Because like, the game is just so good. Especially Overwatch, you know, people are into World of Warcraft. They're going to play it regardless. Yeah, uh, but it's still it's it's sad to see the company at this state, especially yeah. what they just did with this. This is this is beyond like effed in my opinion what they did. So it's messed up. I mean, even like with the whole sexual assault thing, it 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 doesn't seem to be getting better for them. And I hope I can only hope that when Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard, that they you know take a change in the right direction. I uh, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully they, you know, do the right thing. I anyway, hope so. <laughs> more with, unfortunately, the gaming news this this week has not been uplifting, and it's not going to get any worse. So Bayonetta, have you heard about this one? This is like big. This is fresh off the press. This is a big story going on. I did. I I was wondering why Bayonetta was trending. I'm like, oh, are are the weebs back at it again with like <laughs> over sexualizing her or something real quick? And like I, I clicked the thread, I'm like, no shot, this is real. Yeah, like it, it I was like, what? Yeah. So Bayonetta voice actor Helena Taylor, who has been the voice actor, I'm pretty from from what I know, I haven't played Bayonetta, so I'm, I'm kind of an outsider point of view. Uh I'm pretty sure Helena Taylor has been the voice actor for Bayonetta the whole time. Uh was only offered, get this, four thousand dollars to do all of Bayonetta three. She made, like, a whole five-part video. Disgusting. Uh, 
about how she was paid only four thousand dollars, and that was that was the limit that what they were gonna do, and that they weren't like offering union jobs, and they were doing this job off union. It was it was it was a lot of a lot of craziness going on, and yeah, it was like a really heartfelt video. Everyone seemed to be really pissed. Uh, so and her message of the game, or the message of the uh video was basically, hey, don't play the game. Don't play the game. It'll hurt the hit them where it really hurts, which I'm fine with. I've never played a Bayonetta game in my life, and I don't plan to start now. So, <laughs> yeah, it it, it kind of sucks that you never played one, and like you know, this is coming up because they are good. They are very very good, but uh, but no, I for once I actually stand by not playing the game because of a scum situation. And, like, for this one especially, like, 4K for a game that grossed, like, millions of dollars now? Millions. Come on. Come on. They, it's, they could, it's, it's a multi-million totally dollar IP. I mean, they're in Smash Bros. as well. I mean, yeah. like, they have more than enough money to pay pay her, you know, close to a th- three-figure number. Uh, yeah, they, did, they definitely could have done better than the 4K, you know? Maybe $4,000. You know, if we if we if we were talking about like forty five hundred, all right, that's fine. I'm kidding, by the way. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's just they just got to I mean, do like, better. It, it was really the four thousand that was crazy. But you know, forty five hundred, you know, that's not bad. You know, I'll take yeah, four forty five hundred is pretty good. You can you can live a good bump with that. <laughs> I know I don't have this in here because this is from today. However, the new uh, voice actor, whose name I am forgetting. Uh, kind of Oz was saying that she is disgusted with what she heard, but basically kind of offsetting uh, Helena Taylor's initial message, like, not to play the game. She was just like, yeah, you know, I'm a supporter of the union. However, you know, there's a, there's a whole team behind the game. Well, I can get behind that. Their chief game designer is a fucking idiot. And that's what I would like to get into next. Hideki Kamiya who is the chief game designer of Bayonetta and a bunch of other games, was basically saying how these allegations are false. And, you know, he was basically acting like some cringe anime protagonist on Twitter, which is like, uh, and if you say otherwise, I'm going to block you. And he, he just started blocking everyone who even spoke even an ounce of criticism <laughs> towards the game, towards him, which is crazy to me. I... I like I said, criticism is what makes the gaming world go round. So it's crazy to me when people turn a blind eye to fair criticism. I mean, this is fair criticism. You are offering someone whose voice defined a game $4,000 to do all of a AAA game that probably is, is over... I would say probably 20 hours of content. I don't know how long it is, but most AAA games are a long, long period of time. That's a lot of talking for just $4,000. That's a lot of work. You are offering very amount, small amount of money. Yeah, and um, to go off of uh, him acting an absolute asshat on Twitter... Uh, he also kept referring to his rules. Did yeah, you, did, I saw that. You I saw his like, rules, right? my I'm rules. Like... <laughs> Man, this this dude is like he's, an that's what I'm talking about. He's just like acting some man. like he's like just like some cringe anime protagonist. Like, uh, you don't know my rules? Well, there. So <laughs> it's just like very dumb, very stupid. I hope 
he grows up a little bit more and properly addresses the situation from it looks like he's not gonna i'm gonna boycott the game i urge players to boycott the game i'm sorry anna and you know i'm it's not it's not the new voice actor's fault it's not it's not her fault that all this happened it's not like she was just like oh i'm so glad i mean she was she was very heartfelt in her letter and she has done the new voice actor has done a lot of pro union uh you know i think stuff <laughs> i was seeing it on twitter you can find all the articles that you want you know but and it's not her fault that she wants her you know her work to be recognized it just sucks that it's just a city situation um yeah hopefully they paid her more um and yeah uh last news segment which is metaverse oh we love the metaverse huh the metaverse oh, is bigger than ever with their new update which is drumroll please metaverse creates legs Woo! legs they can finally walk with legs let's go oh, that's oh. big for them that's big they have legs now. Such a such a solid update, you know. You know and the 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 one thing I want more than anything in these kinds of uh, you know updates for stuff is, is some is some nice legs. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was crazy update because he was just like, "This is revolutionary. This is what's gonna make the game." It's just it's just legs. You all you did was make legs. VR chat has had that for years. Bro, they are running circles around you. This is I, what do you expect? It's the metaverse. It's trash. Let's be fair. real. It's fair. Fair. Very fair. Um, yeah. I I don't even have anything to say about this. It, it's metaverse has been a joke since its launch, and it always will be a joke. Just like Meta itself, um, and Facebook before it. It always has been a joke. It always will be a joke. That is all the news for today. So let us get into the meat of this episode. Tis the season to be scary. Yes, it's spooky season. It is spooky season. And with spooky season, what better time to play horror games? Uh, horror games have been a thing, you know, since, like, I'm pretty sure in the 70s was the first horror game was released. Um, it got really big with Amnesia, The Dark Descent, you know, with the rise of YouTube gaming and PewDiePie. It, they were all really big influences on the horror games industry. And now it's one of the biggest game producers out there. If you go on Steam right now and look at horror, I'm pretty sure there's more horror games than there is platformer or shooter. I'm pretty sure horror game is probably the biggest, the biggest tag on there. It's it's humongous, but unfortunately, a recent trend in horror games is kind of the less creative matches of horror games. There's there's not a lot of creativity that goes into it. It kind of just feels as life sucking and soulless as the monsters that they are putting into the games, which is unfortunate because I think that they have a lot of potential to them. Like for me. One of the, one of the one of the best horror games, uh, for me when growing up was was Amnesia: Dark Descent. It was it was it was an insane game. I think at the time it was, it was genuinely scary. I had a lot of fun watching people play it. It was it was a good time 
growing up. And even and even now, like Five Nights at Freddy's before before the sequelization, it was it was new. It was a fresh idea. Uh, even Doki Doki Literature Club was it was a fresh take on the horror genre, you know. And there's still psychological horror games, and you know, people who are constantly pushing the boundaries. But what is more common now is just throwing someone in a labyrinth where there is someone ch a monster chasing them, and then really cheap jump scares every now and again. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my my uh. My not my stance. My um, my whole start with the horror games uh probably started with the original Resident Evil, Resident Evil One and Two. So that's how I first started playing. But if you know me from previous episodes, uh, I'm an absolute baby, and any type of horror game scares the living shit out of me. So, like any anything will make me piss my pants or shit myself. And I've had quite a few good memories with games like Left 4 Dead. Um, specifically, the one part in the beginning level. My my friend was like, yeah, dude, you know, it, it's weird. Like, you could shoot the cars and the alarms don't go off. I was like, oh, okay. And me being me, I shot a car. And the alarm went off. And all you hear on the TV is just a horde of zombies coming after you. <laughs> and when I tell you I paused the game and ran outside, I legit paused <laughs> the video game and ran outside. <laughs> like, it scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> Dude. And the thing is, I think there are a lot of creativity that goes into it. However, there has been a trend of just indie creators, and I'm saying indie creators in quotations. Because what they are doing is just taking assets from, from just, like, public assets, throwing them in a game, and charging $5 for it. It really is just simple cash grabs or simple cash, and, you know, I wish there was a little bit more creativity to this. I wish there no. was more... Oh, I'm sorry, continue? No, I was just saying, I wish there was more, uh, you know, depth. Yeah, the, the, the trend I've been noticing is ever since uh, Five Nights at Freddy, like, kind of blew up, like, almost every every game follows that formula now, where it's like, you, you, you have, like, the weird labyrinth thing you're trying to get to and solve, and you have to survive till the morning, whatever, or you mm -hmm. just have to escape, and, like, that, that seems to be the trend. Um, I don't remember the one game, what it was called. But everyone was playing it for a while. It was like a weird blue monster chasing you, and you had big giant hands. So Huggy. like, uh, f fuck, Five Nights at uh, Huggies. I don't know. It's yeah, I know whatever what you're that, talking about. Yeah, whatever that game was called. Huggies was... Playtime. That's what it's called. There you go. It was literally just like a a Walmart version of Five Nights at Freddy's. And like, like don't get me wrong. What? Yeah. What? I, well, I'm just gonna refer to it as FNAF now. Uh, whatever they. That's what we're referring to. Everyone, just, just so you know, if he says Five Nights at Freddy's, he means five Poppy's Playtime. Yes, that, that like, built that genre, and, like, what FNAF did was amazing for the horror games and, like, the genuine scare, and, and lore, too, because the lore was pretty good with the with all of the games, like, connecting at eventually, you know, not at first, but eventually they all connected, it was great. What I don't like seeing is people taking that exact concept, changing like the the main villain or the main like scaring gimmick, 
and just running with it and making like a a 30 minute game charging you five bucks and saying like here have fun like where where are the days of like amnesia and all all of the amnesia games that came out after it not not the new one because the new one was kind of eh it was eh but i i i think the new one uh here's here's the problem with with horror games I think once when you do a concept, you need to move on. Sequelization, I think, is horror's worst friend because you know what's going to happen. Five Nights at Freddy's is bad now because of all the sequels that they made. If they stopped with one and two and then that was it, I think that would have been fine. But now there is, it, it feels something more than a horror game. It's just like kind of like, I, I feel like it's it's not a horror game anymore. It kind of is just kind of like everyone knows what's coming. You know what's gonna happen. Yeah, it, like it, it almost switched from a horror game to like, hey, how can we jump scare you really quick? You know, like yeah. you're not scared playing the game anymore. Like I was genuinely terrified playing through the Amnesia games. I was like, I don't want to progress through this game. I'm yeah, just gonna hide scary. in a freaking barrel. It was scary. It was yeah, a scary like, game. It was. It, and same with um it, everyone. I hope everyone remembers this. Slenderman. Like, that was another yeah, genuinely was terrifying huge. game. That was and like Slenderman and the Eight Pages uh, uh, revolutionized. Like, what, was, what was different with Amnesia and Slenderman opposed to FNAF, when there was other Slenderman and Amnesia games made, they built upon the core aspect and, like, they either made it a more scary or the story was just better like they they didn't like just rinse and repeat the formula yeah it was still the same thing you had to collect eight amount of whatever for slender man and with amnesia you're just trying to figure shit out but they always seem to make it like scarier than the last version like it it built off of it and made it better you know and, and nowadays they just don't do that. They just they make the sequel, they pump it out the exact same formula. They follow A, A, B, and C to the dot, and just put like a number two or a number three at the end of the title. You know? Yeah, I I I completely agree with you. I think that what what creators need to start doing is is they need to push themselves. Like a game that I can remember very very vividly because i streamed it recently was a game called martha is dead if you've never seen it and if you don't like gore don't play it um it is an extremely gore uh ridden game like people peeling their own face off it's gross it, it, it gets really gross but what it had going for it and, and what, what i what i want to say about this game is that it genuinely terrified me like i i felt chills i was sweating i was scared to continue playing the game. Even games that aren't even horror games, like a game called, like a game Firewatch. I think that's a fantastic game because it makes you stop and think, am I being followed? There are footsteps all around you or the, the, the wind of the trees, not a lot of music going on. It makes you feel genuinely terrified to continue on playing the game. It makes you feel like you're immersed in the game. That's what horror games are missing now. I feel like the immer the the concepts are there, but the immersion is gone. Yeah, I by the way, I totally agree with that um that Firewatch comment cuz I I played that back in uh I think like episode 2 or 3 I even reviewed it. Yeah. But like it's nowhere near a horror game. It's literally a walking sim. But like you gen you you genuinely felt uneasy playing the game because of just how the story plays out and I don't want to spoil it in case people never yeah. listen to the episode or played the game 
like you felt uneasy throughout the whole game. The first like hour is okay. You're just kind of doing tasks. But after that, it's like, oh, like this is this is kind of creepy. Do I want to move forward? Oh, yeah. and like you're, you're consistently like turning your camera around because you feel like someone's watching you or following you. And oh, like that that is literally what horror games need to do. And they they need to take inspiration from older games. They they really need to go back and look at the genre, how it started and what they did and like improve on to that. Because okay. nowadays it's just it's just cash grabs. It's cash grabs. It's easy money, and yep. you know it, it is what it is in their mindset. I mean, you're right. You're you're very right. Uh, game creators, I think, need to start pushing the boundaries of what they can do. I mean, I think they need. Uh, it's hard to design a game, right? I I I get it because I don't want to say that this is the same thing, but. When I was designing Mario Maker 2 levels, I have a Mario Maker world out there. It's hard to design levels that are new and breathtaking. And I'm sure for them it's even harder because they have don't have the same tool set I had when playing Mario Maker. They have anything in the world. And when you have everything, creativity is hard to get. Not only that, implementation and, you know, whatnot. What I don't like to see is is like a, like we were saying the cash grabs. Obviously, the projects that don't have a lot of time and effort put into it, because those are the ones that really suck the soul out of the horror meta. And and where I think it faults is you know, I I just I just want to see a good horror game. Now that that's really that's really the end of thing. I I I want to feel genuinely scared not because of the jump scares and the cheap tricks that they throw in because of the atmosphere around it there has to be atmosphere around it. you can't just throw jump scares obviously you're going to scare people if you throw a jump scare in but you need to create atmosphere before you can do that because those are the the horror games that are gonna that are gonna people are gonna remember more yeah exactly and one other thing i want to add to with with like the horror games now, I feel like putting zombies in games is just way overdone, and they need to be more creative with that too. Oh yeah! Like, oh my god, the zombie I'm, trope. I'm so tired of a new horror game coming out, and the whole thing is just centering around zombies. Like, just just stop, yeah. stop yeah. with the zombies. Come up with something better. I know you can do it. We've had amazing horror games before, and I feel like now is a better time than ever to like revitalize the horror genre and just someone just someone out there just put out an amazing horror game and bring the genre back like that that's all it's going to take is one amazing game to bring back the genre from uh, it's going to sound cheesy but bring it back from the dead so yeah i i was one more thing on the, on the zombie thing i just want to say that the only company and I mean this. The only company that could still make a zombie game is the team behind Left 4 Dead and Back 4 Blood. Those are the only people that can make zombie games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Agreed. Because Agreed. They are the people that defined horror games. Left 4 Dead does find a horror like a zombie game generation. They are the they are they were they were the they were the. I I, I want to say like the um blueprint behind what what horror game or what zombie games are now um yes and if uh if you are on like uh you, you're you feel like you're missing out because you haven't played a left for dead style game 
check out Back for Blood. It's literally Left for Dead, but with roguelike aspects to it. It's amazing. I played it on the first episode and reviewed it and actually enjoyed it. So there you go. check it out. Check it out. There he goes. Num- another another review thrown in. But <laughs> speaking of things that I reviewed, uh, <laughs> I was going to say also Bioshock as well. I think Bioshock's another great example of something that that creates terror. You see, you see a giant robot-looking monster with a drill for an arm and gun in other hands, followed by a demonic little girl behind her. Absolutely yeah. impale someone. I mean, that that was one of the coolest scenes I think ever in in Bioshock when when you are standing there in like the first room. And the Big Daddy comes up behind... Like, Big Daddy is the monster I'm talking about. I'm not... <laughs> uh-huh, sure. Covering up the tracks. I see what you're doing. <laughs> but, so... Uh, when, when, when the Big Daddy impales someone and absolutely tears a hole through their chest, that was one of the coolest things. I, I generally freaked me out to engage in one of these. I started taking more stealthy approaches to them. Even though they drop a lot of good... Wo- Loot, I, I, I wanted to avoid these monsters because I knew how powerful they were. Creating intrigue and fear is a good thing in a game. And I think a lot, even even if you're not creating a horror-esque game, I think a lot of creators need to start putting horror, more horror elements in their games because I think it's really, really fun. And I think a lot of people actually do enjoy feeling that that thrill of excitement, the adrenaline, the you know whatever whatever you know floats their boat. But I I think they really I think a lot of people really like when they can finally say oh something genuinely gave me a fright. Yeah, I I think that's what honestly that is what games are missing nowadays, and not just horror, just games in general is the atmosphere. The atmosphere will make or break a game. And especially in the horror genre, it will make or break it. Hey, yeah, so, yeah. Quick question. Favorite sure. horror game right now? Favorite horror game off the top of my head. Oh, that's hard. Good one. Uh, dude, it, 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 honestly, for me, there, there's two. One of them is Slenderman, just because what that game yeah. did to my mental when that game yeah. came out. And the second one, probably Resident Evil 1. Just because that was like, the quote-unquote first horror-style game I played, and it genuinely gave me nightmares as a child. Like, I didn't finish playing that game till I was much older. So, what about you? I was gonna say uh, Bioshock or um, or Amnesia, the first one, Dark Descent, Dark Descent, not the new one. The, okay. The new one, the new one is, eh, but the 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 old one is classic, timeless. I respect it, and I do agree with it. I mean, Bioshock as well, classic game, classic game, fun. I don't think I, I, I always revisit the Bioshock games because they're always, they're always a delight to go back to. They're timeless. They are. I've, I've played a few of them. I haven't played Infinite, so but I played the first two. Yeah, I remember. You still need to play it. You still. Need I'll, to play I'll it. listen. I'll get to it. You know, this, <laughs> it was it was tough enough to get this podcast going up again. That's fair. Like, give give me some time. I promise. I'll play. I'll play Infinite. Don't worry. Well, uh, I think it's time to start wrapping things up. Any last words on the whole horror thing? If you wanna. 
uh, honestly, just go back and play some of the older stuff. If you want if you want a genuine fright and you want to feel uneasy while playing games, just go back like 10 years and play play some of those games from 10, 10, 15 years ago, and you will not be disappointed in them. I promise that that is a promise. I will literal promise. I will die on. You will yeah, not be disappointed. I'll die on that hill too. I, I I think that yes, newer game game, any any game creators, any game devs that are making games, when you are making a horror game, I, you need to be very delicate with the process because if it's not a scary atmosphere and you're just throwing jump scares in, it's gonna be what people define as a bad horror game. There are a lot of trash out there that that is defined as bad horror games. There is a whole millions and millions of games on Steam. That are just shitty horror games or cash grabs, and you do not want to be labeled as one of those. So, best advice, you know, go with your gut, make something that's original, but also make it scary. Make it, Agreed. make it, make make the make the feeling tense. Yes, make me shit my pants when I play this game, please. That's the uh, that that's 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 the end goal. Anyway, <laughs> that's gonna do it from us at Extra Life. We are back better than ever and we are willing to actually now continue the podcast yes yes expect more from us after this episode comes out yeah just just expect more we're, we're back we'll be recording a lot more and just pumping out some great episodes again uh don't forget to follow us on uh, twitter at extra life cast and also follow our personal twitters as well um which will be in the description or also attached to the extra life cast if you want to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, also, you know, follow us on Twitch. Uh, we don't know when we're going to do the extra life live. I know we were saying that we would, but now when we're back, we actually probably will f- do it. Uh, and yeah. Anything else you guys want to, you want to add? Um, no, I, I think, I think, Pretty much that's it for today, right? We're, yeah, we're that, solid. That's, that's that's everything. That's everything, baby. We're back. Anyway, we Hell love you all. Yeah. Thank you all for listening and keeping up with us. And we really appreciate all the support. You know, we, we, we have heard the outpours of wanting us to come back. And now we have. So better be grateful. Yes. yes. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon again. Later. Later.